Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus. I'm Jason Fitz sitting in for Mike Greenberg, and it has been a crazy, crazy morning, uh, obviously, uh, as we continue. You guys can chime in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's an easy way for you guys to get in on the fun and hang out with us. Obviously, we've got a lot that we're going to get into, uh, and realistically, some of that today comes in the form of Doc Rivers. Now, Doc Rivers uh, was on with KJZ, this, or KJ and Max this morning. So, you know, old school. I'm, I'm used to the old one. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning. And uh, it, it was an entertaining conversation that gave us some insight on what to look for. I'm supposed to press a button here. I just don't know which one. I'm just pulling down the fourth wall. You know, Bubba, you're just going to have to help me here because I got multiple things, and I'm not sure which one. So am I supposed to hit the one that's the 71874? Like, what am I doing, Bob? Oh, there we go. Here we go. I'm going to press this button now. Check this out. Right now, Ben Simmons is willing to sit. Here's Simmons. Is he going to take a fourth-quarter shot? I talked to Rich Ball, and Rich Ball was the one that told me. He's like, we want out. They'd like to see his trade value improve. One thing I'll never do is lie to you guys when I'm lost. And sometimes I get lost, you know. It gets a little confusing here. All right. The question is, what are the 76ers going to do with Ben Simmons now that he's made it very clear that he will not, no matter what, play for the team? And uh, let's be clear here also. Woj reported yesterday that he and his team are well aware of the fines and the possibilities of fines, and they're prepared to deal with that. So that leads to some conversation from Doc Rivers on what we should expect and uh, what the 76ers are planning to do. This is what Coach said about the entire thought process and situation, and he said this this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Well, I hope we can change that thought. Like, that's part of our job. You know, the greatest thing in sports is, you know, it's fair. You, you fail at times, and then you get back on the horse and, and try. Um, you would be amazed if I told you how many times through a summer when you don't win, which is 29 teams, how often you have to go through something similar to this? Um, because losing is hard. People internalize it, um, and you have to deal with it. And so we're going to deal with this. I mean, I, I like what he's saying there, and I think there's some emphasis to the, the approach here. I mean, this is telling you that Doc Rivers right now is trying to rebuild that trade value by not openly saying, oh, yeah, we know this whole situation is just up a creek, Right. Like Doc Rivers is saying, hey, uh, we want, we hope to rebuild it because what else can he say? If he comes out and says, oh, this thing is dead, dead in the water, he's only killed the trade value even more. So uh, the only thing he can really tell us is that, frankly, they've got to figure out a way to get it done. That leads to some level of hope, you would think, within the organization that maybe other organizations think the 76ers want to try and work this out. By the way, September is Life Insurance Awareness Month. There's no better time to cross something big off your to-do list. If you're like me, uh, you need to protect everyone in your life. So use SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your quote today at SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. Now, I don't want to take just one select quote from Coach as he was on and had multiple things to say this morning. One thing he was asked, and I think it's an important question, is how much has he talked to Ben Simmons? How much conversation have you had with Ben since the season's been over with? Not much, but we have had some. And, you know, I, he's, I get his feelings. I understand where he's at right now. Uh, but we have some time, and we're going to keep trying to work on it to get him in the right place. I mean, that also speaks to the reporting, right? Uh, multiple reports have come out that they had a meeting late in August. And after that meeting, uh, basically that was the – 
line in the sand. It was done. And if that's the case, then what you're getting is more of an indication. Doc Rivers is saying we haven't had uh, much opportunity to talk to him. That's also why you know all of this is just about trying to create some sort of trade leverage because you can't have it both ways. I mean, he told you in the first quote that it's a coaching staff's job and the organization's job to change Ben Simmons' mind. In order to change Ben Simmons' mind, the one thing that would have to happen is the organization would have to be able to talk to Ben Simmons. So you can't have it both ways. If Doc Rivers is telling you that they really haven't been able to talk to Ben and then also telling you that their objective is to change Ben's mind, I would love to know how you do that. I mean, techs aren't going to get it done. I know, you know, you're millennials and uh, techs aren't going to get it done. Right. There's got to be some real conversation that happens. And I'm not sure it's even conversation that can happen with Ben's people. It's conversation that has to happen directly with the organization and Ben and anything short of Ben Simmons having real conversations with the 76ers makes me think that there's no way it turns around. That's why everything we heard to me is about one thing and one thing only. If the 76ers can convince all of us that they're going to try to work it out, that they're so stubborn that they're not going to let Ben Simmons leave, that they love him so much they won't let him walk out the door. If they can convince all of us of that, then what they've really done is increased his trade value. And that is all they can care about at this point. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Uh, Jason Fitz sitting in for Mike Greenberg. You guys get to chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. JC and Bama, you're mad at me about my Bama take. So, you know what? Fire off, my friend. Uh, what do you? What's your thought? What do you got? Well, first of all, I think you're smoking Sherm sticks on the break or something because basically I live in Alabama, and believe me, there's a lot of people here worried. You know what I mean? That's not Bama. They give away the point spread that they had in the first half, and then basically they couldn't even stop the run, and then everybody here knows the play calling looks different. Starks is not on that sideline anymore. It looks suspect. Everybody's saying it. There's a lot of people walking around saying, hey, this might be the year we lose the game. And like I said, they couldn't stop the run. I mean, it, it, I mean, you have a 20-point lead in the first half, and you almost get beat, and you're saying that, like, Paul Feinbaum is smoking crack or something by saying that this morning? Uh, again, JC, you're worried, and I get it. Like, Bama fans live in fear constantly that things are about to, to blow up. But I'll, I'll counter every point you just made. Number one, you couldn't stop the run against a good running team in Florida in the second half in the South. I'm not that worried about that long term. You're not going to face many teams that run the football the way that they do, right? Number two, you've got a new offensive coordinator that needs, a, I don't know, more than three seconds. And while you're sitting here talking about the offense doesn't look the same, have you watched Ohio State? They would kill to have an offense that looks as seamless as Alabama. Alabama's does what team right now top to bottom is better than Alabama I mean that's the real question uh, we lost him I, I, I he went away and that and, and that's part of it like you got to have some context on who can actually beat Alabama and, and if we're going to say they look vulnerable then it's got to be all matchup oriented right that that's a part of it that I have a really hard yes any team any Saturday can beat anybody I get it and I picked before the season for Alabama to lose in the swamp and I picked before the season for Alabama to lose to Texas A&M I don't feel good about either of those. Obviously, the swamp didn't work out my way. But it's it's revisionist history to look at it and say, oh, man, the first half didn't count. Only the second half counts. They gave away a lead. Yeah, guess what? That's what everybody's doing in college football this year. So for somebody to beat Alabama, they'd have to be good and consistent. That seems hard for me uh, to believe. Ronald in Florida, you got something on Ben Simmons. Ronald, what you got? Yeah, man, this is what I have. I think um, I agree with Doc Rivers. He himself needs to have a conversation with uh, Ben Simmons. 
as he said, we need to work on his free throw. And, yeah, they need to work on his head and everything. But you have a small window with Embiid. With what Brooklyn is doing over there, they need Ben Simmons to guard Kevin Durant. And he's a runaway freight train that's similar to uh, LeBron James. If he goes to the basket, he can't be stopped. They need to work on his free throws and his head. They need Ben Simmons. Uh, And I appreciate the call, and I don't think you're wrong about it, but that doesn't change the fact that, you know, sometimes if you're going through a divorce, right, like you sit down and maybe one person doesn't want that divorce and the other person does, right? Maybe one person says, hey, we can work this out. Philly might be sitting in the room saying we can work this out. That certainly doesn't mean that Ben Simmons is willing to work it out. And that's the problem here. You can talk all day long, but that doesn't necessarily repair the relationship. Philly needs Ben Simmons more than Ben Simmons needs Philly in his mind because he can go anywhere. We'll see how it plays out, but you're not wrong. I think Philly would be better off if they could keep him. They're not going to get anything of return, of value in return at this point for him either way. They won't be a better team without him because they can't get enough back. All right, coming up, if it's not a story, why would you keep talking about it? We'll answer that question next. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz sitting in for Mike Greenberg. Greeny, the podcast. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN Plus, your smart speakers. Jason Fitz in for Mike Greenberg. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. If you missed any of the show, you can always find both hours of the show posted daily as a podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to get you caught up quickly on some breaking news Jeff Darlington tweeting out, Tua will not play this week. Further testing has revealed fractured ribs, Brian Flores says. Also tweeted out, Brian Flores on Tua ribs not playing this week. Quote, this is a tough kid. He wants to play. He's trying to play, but we're going to save him from himself. So the organization being very clear that Tua wants to be in the game, but this will instead be Jacoby Brissett's team. Uh, interesting to get that answer uh, very early on in the season because, or in the week, I should say, uh, because John Gruden was a little evasive, the head coach of the Raiders, when asked this week about having to prepare for two different quarterbacks, one left-handed, one right-handed, a little evasive on what that would mean for their game plan. Well, now they get the answer on that as they know exactly who to prepare for. It will be Jacoby Brissett. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you get in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Uh, and you can tell us some of how uh, you feel going into the weekend. Like, what's the way that your team is going to have you so stinking hyped that this is the best weekend ever? Like, what? just, just give me your magical scenario, how you think it's going to go out, and why a week from right now you're going to be on cloud nine. I like to use Wednesdays as opportunity to move forward you know it's a good chance to turn the page you've had a couple of days to either celebrate your wins lament your losses now you get the opportunity to start looking forward to this coming weekend and if there's anything I know about college football and NFL fans when you look forward it's usually with some level of at least cautious optimism I mean, unless you're Nuno, in which case Nuno's constantly looking at everything in six-week blocks that could include some negativity. I love that about you, Nuno. That, that, that's, that's part of the Giants fandom coming out uh, is, is part of your charm. Nuno, is there anything I could do that could make you more week-to-week and enjoy the joy? No, it's going to be tough. I mean, because okay. the Giants are bad. Uh, the Yankees won't make the, won't make the playoffs, and uh, I have the Knicks to look forward to. Who's, okay. Who would ever thought that? Yeah, that that is yeah. Never mind. I can't fix any of that. People keep asking me why this year is going to be different than last year with the Raiders, and I keep saying the same thing. I don't care about last year. I'm two and zero right now as a fan. That's all I care about. Now, all that we seem to care about as a collective NFL society is everything that Aaron Rodgers has to say. And uh, again, I said this yesterday. I will say it again. I love listening to Aaron Rodgers. 
I love listening to go on Pat's show. I think they do a great job together. It's a spectacular uh, listen every week. You never know what's going to be said. It's, it's destination. I got nothing, nothing but love for all of it and all that is said. But there are some real conversations about what Aaron expects. Because smartly pointed out by Dominique Foxworth this morning was one thing you need to remember about Aaron Rodgers. This is Dominique this morning talking about all of the drama. When I first heard it, I was thinking, like, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't waste his time doing this. But it reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, if you want people to shut up, tell them to shut up. Like, you deserve that. You're the MVP, two-time MVP, Super Bowl champ, possibly the best quarterback in the league. If you want to come for Jermichael Finley, by all means. If you want to come for me, by all means. Talk your talk. When you play like that, you are more than welcome to talk your talk. The only problem is I didn't hear anybody saying anything negative about Aaron Rodgers last week. Like, after they had that bad game, most of us was like, eh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to come out and ball out next week. Leave it to Dominique to make a really smart point, by the way, uh, because as he points out there, you know, one of the problems Aaron Rodgers has had with the coverage is, A, nobody has been talking to him directly that's been covering it, and as a result, they don't know him. So what he's talking about is sweeping generalizations from somebody about somebody. But then in return, he's making sweeping generalizations from somebody about a ton of people. I mean, I, I guess I would say to this point, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're not pleased with the coverage you're getting from somebody, A, you've got the means to reach out to any of those people if you want to set the record straight or want to talk to them not on the air but off the air. B, you know, the whole, like, lions aren't afraid of the mindset of sheep or whatever that stupid saying is. Like, he's, if he's above all of that, cool, then be above all of that. But you can't really have it both ways, as he points out, repeatedly that he's being talked about uh, you know because everything's about clickbait and at the same time he's feeding in to that clickbait I mean the more Aaron Rodgers talks the more that people talk about him and what we do in radio again I, I love to pull back the 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 curtain a little bit on the way this all works number one uh, we talk about the things that people seem to react to that's part of our job number two we love to use any audio we can when we want to have a great conversation. So if Aaron Rodgers is spoken, we want you to hear that, and we're going to react to it. It doesn't matter where he speaks. We're going to react to it. So by nature, Aaron Rodgers knows the way this business works. He knows that every time he speaks, what will happen is his soundbite will be clipped off, and it will be spent, sent to every media station. And every media station will play that soundbite and then react to that soundbite. So at some point, saying that people are reacting to you without knowing you is a little bit like being a real housewife on TV and saying, I don't understand why people are making these generalizations about who I am. Because as you see somebody, as you feel like you get to know somebody, like so many people do with actors, with musicians, as you see somebody in that platform, you suddenly presume that you know enough about them. Look at it, 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 the Real Housewives, I think it's Orange County, where they're going through the, there's a criminal process around whether or not they've been stealing money. Everybody has decided whether or not that housewife is guilty or innocent. It's already been decided. Have they talked to her? No. Are you flipping out about that? No. Is she flipping out about that? Yes. Do you care? No. It's the same thing. The ultimate reality TV show is sports. I mean, we buy into the personalities, we buy into the drama, we want the soap operas, look at the NBA, it's how we cover it. The ultimate reality TV show, or sports, which means we're going to treat all of the stars in it the same way we treat reality TV stars. It may not be right, it may not be uh, enjoyable to be a part of, I'll agree with all of that, but it's the nature of the beast, and I do believe Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to know that beast. And that means he's smart enough to know that every single time he speaks, what he's really doing at some level is fueling 
the beast of speaking about Aaron Rodgers. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We're going to take some of your calls. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you get in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We'll take some of your calls and let you guys chime in on why this is going to be the best weekend ever for you as a fan of whatever your favorite team is. But in the meantime, I today would rather be a Patriots fan than a Steelers fan or a Saints fan. I'll tell you why when we come back. Greeny, Jason Fitz, in for Mike Greenberg. Greeny, the podcast. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Jason Fitz sitting in for Mike Greenberg, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. If there's a game, someone's betting on it. Stream season two of Better Days, the series hosted by Greeny, that brings the true stories of unforgettable gambling adventures to life. All episodes now streaming only on ESPN+. We're asking you guys to chime in on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Triple eight C ESPN. Triple eight say ESPN. 888-729-3776. Tell me why this weekend's going to put you in such a great mood because your favorite team is going to dominate. Let's have a season of positivity on this look forward Wednesday. In the meantime, I, I, I've been thinking about quarterbacks. And not just because of Aaron Rodgers, uh, but partially because of Aaron Rodgers and the situation in Green Bay. See, we continually look at their quarterback position and say, how could they? But then I find myself looking at other teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints. And we find ourselves saying, how could they not? Think about this. Right now, the Steelers have no idea if Roethlisberger is going to be able to play. He said Wednesday he's going to do, quote, everything he can to be available to play after the Cincinnati, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember, he suffered a left, left pectoral injury losing to the Raiders on Sunday. His quote, I don't know how it happened. I just know it happened early in the game. You know, you start thinking about where the Steelers are and the obligations that organizations have. I use the word obligations intentionally. When you have a young quarterback, you have an obligation, if you think that young quarterback can play, to surround them with as much talent as possible to see it play out. Look at Buffalo. Let's give a tip of the cap to the Buffalo Bills, who didn't listen to any of the noise around Josh Allen and instead got everything around him right while they continued to develop him. Tip of the cap. Buffalo Bills got it figured out. But then you start to look at the way other teams have handled this situation And you say, what's better, early or late? And that's the real conversation here. See, you could argue that the Packers drafting Jordan Love was too early, that he's got plenty of good football left in him. And that's fine. That's a good argument to make. But what's better, being too early or too late? Because the Steelers have never addressed it. They've never gone out and spent the draft capital to make sure that they have a future. And now they have a 39-year-old quarterback that we're debating on every single show on TV. I looked up in the studio, and I'm in a studio in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN headquarters. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six TVs in front of me. I looked up earlier, and all six TVs were on ESPN networks, NFL network. All six TVs were asking about Big Ben at once because there's no answer. Because the Steelers have no idea what they're going to do next. Because Pittsburgh fans are in the unenviable position of realizing that not only is your quarterback likely washed, but you don't have another one on the roster. You can look at New Orleans and say, well, they figured they might have it settled. They went out and and signed Jameis. Okay. Well, maybe that works out. 
but we've also seen a maddeningly inconsistent version of Jameis, haven't we? I mean, you have to look at the quarterback position and say, am I stacked for today and stacked for the future? That's just real. Once your quarterback gets to a certain spot. Now, there are some times that things happen. I'll put the Colts in the things happens uh, category. Nobody could have seen Andrew Luck leaving. And when Andrew Luck left, what happened? Oh, man, they had no answer. They haven't been able to figure it out since. Because that's what happens when you don't have a quarterback. It's not easy to just go get one. You got to find one. We're sitting here looking at the 49ers saying, what a job they did. Building that roster. Jimmy G's pretty good, but can't stay healthy. Then they draft Trey Lance. Everybody's in love with the way the 49ers have done this. But Jimmy G still got good football left in him. He can still play. But the 49ers looked at it and said, you know what? We're going to hedge our bet now and later. Well, the Steelers never did that. The Saints never did that. The Falcons had the opportunity in the draft this year and chose not to do it. And now they look dreadful. And they're going to have to answer questions for a generation about whether or not they should have taken one of these quarterbacks. The Giants sat there year after year after year after year and said, nope, we're good with Eli. And then they finally took Daniel Jones. Now, drafting the correct quarterback, that's its own conversation. Teams don't get it right. We know that, as Field Yates pointed out before the draft this year. The 22 quarterbacks selected in the first round between 2009 and 2016, none of those quarterbacks were still on their teams going into this season. We know teams don't get it right. But you at least got to try, don't you? You at least have to put in the effort, don't you? Because if you don't, you end up here. The Patriots are a good example, obviously. They had quarterbacks in the building. They let them go. They had quarterbacks in the building. They decided they were going to continue to commit to Tom. And as a result of all of that, they had to suffer through a year with Cam that wasn't what they wanted it to be. And then they go into this year, and Mac Jones might be the answer. But I'll tell you right now, I'd rather be a a Patriots fan for the next five years today than be a Steelers or Saints fan. Comparable coaches. I'm not saying that they're at the same level as Bill. We know Bill's all-timer. Don't at me. But at least they're in the same sort of tier as coaches, right? Respected coaches. Comparable ownership respect. Comparable brand recognition. Steelers, Saints, everybody loves them. Everybody knows them. They're powerful in the NFL. Patriots, powerful in the NFL. So what's the difference for the next five years? Well, at least the Patriots might have their answer. Now, it's early. It's early. But if we're going to use it's early as an excuse, I'm going to say it's late for the Steelers and Saints because they have nobody on the roster you can look at and say, oh, we've got our guy for the next 10 years. That's the objective. That's the reason we see teams draft so often, so high, and reach for a quarterback. Because if you get it right, if you get a quarterback right in the draft, you're set not just for the next eight years like it used to be. You're set for the next 15 years. But ultimately, they chose not to do that. The Steelers have chosen year after year after year to not address a quarterback position in a real way because they want to do what's right for Ben. Well, now what? See, because the time frame is different. Now, everybody's going to tell me, well, look at Tom. Tom went out and won a Super Bowl. Cool. Not taking anything away from that. That's going to happen sometimes. Sometimes these breakups will happen and everybody will win. You know, just like you might have one couple that you know in your life that are swingers and it works for their relationship. Sure. But that's not the standard. You can't rely on that every single time. Tom went to a perfect situation. I can't believe I just used that analogy on there. Tom went, Nuno's shaking his head. Tom went to a perfect situation on a stacked roster with a coach that gets it, got it figured out, and it's it's just legendary. That's great. 
I'm not going to call anything for the Patriots yet a success or a failure because they're working on a different time frame. Tom's got to win right now. Belichick's got to set the team up for the next decade to win games, right? If they've got their guy with Mac Jones, then all of a sudden they've played chess. But most teams right now are looking at their quarterback situation saying, hmm, what do you do? What do you do when you've got an old guy that's a legend and you don't want to make him mad? That's not a question the Packers have to answer right now. Jordan Love might not end up being a good quarterback. We don't know. We don't. We have no idea. Jordan Love might end up not being great. Aaron Rodgers might go win a bunch of Super Bowls somewhere else when this is all said and done. Cool. Good on him. But I'm never going to fault an organization for trying to have the common sense to at least put themselves in a situation where they've addressed the position early. If it means a quarterback walks, I'll take that walk. I'll take that walk all day. I'd rather have a quarterback angry with me at the end of his career and know that I've got the next guy than take any shot that I have to wake up one day and realize I'm now that team that's got no answer under center. That is the scariest part you can, place you can be in as a football fan. The lack of hope that comes when you have no quarterback is absolutely defeating in the NFL. And that's something that the Steelers are going to have to deal with face-to-face. Maybe not today. Maybe Big Ben gets healthy and puts it all together and everything's fine. For this year, that's not going to help them next year or the year after or the year after that. And these older quarterbacks that can still play are just good enough to keep you out of the top of the draft and just good enough to keep you from getting the guy early on. It's a complicated situation, and I think sometimes we become so pro-player that we forget that at the end of the day, teams got to look out for teams just like players have to look out for players. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz sitting in for Mike Greenberg. Uh, we've got calls coming in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I want to get to this team, so I want to take this call now uh, because there's a there's a real conversation to have on this. You guys tell me why it's going to be a great weekend for your favorite team. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Nate in Jersey. Nate, give me your take. What's your team, and why is it going to be a perfect football uh, sort of long weekend for you? Hey, Jason. Thank you for having me. Um, well, my team is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, not so much of a weekend, but I guess the, I guess I'll say the whole week. Because uh, I live in South Jersey, and there's a ton of Eagle fans here, and I cannot wait until my Dallas Cowboys shuts all of them up convincingly. J- Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I like him, but that team is just no match for the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, I like that confidence. I like that confidence all day long. Like, I'll, I'll take it. I think the Cowboys are in a really interesting situation. And it's a situation around meritocracy, one of my favorite words that smart people around ESPN use that I'm not smart enough to spell, so I won't even try. Meritocracy is the general concept that you get what you deserve. And in theory, locker rooms are ultimate meritocracies. Classical music, an ultimate meritocracy. Uh, if you ever audition for an orchestra, you go behind a screen and nobody sees you. Nobody knows what, anything about you. They don't know your age. They don't know uh, your gender. They don't know anything about you. You are given simply a number and you play behind a screen. From that number, you're given a score. And from that score, you either won the job or you didn't win the job. That's the ultimate meritocracy. I love the concept of meritocracy. I just don't think it exists in most business. And particularly when you talk about the Cowboys. Because let's face it, Tony Pollard right now is better than Zeke. But Tony Pollard doesn't get paid like Zeke gets paid. But most companies don't really like... Everybody says they want a meritocracy, but companies have to decide what they're going to do. And I'm not just talking about football teams. I'm talking about 
all business, right? You got a couple of different angles you can take. You can, you know, you can hire somebody to work for your company, uh, develop them, try and get them into the the best employee they can be, the best widget maker they can be, the best engineer they can be, the best sports person they can be, whatever. You want to try and develop them into the best version of themselves. And then as they develop more, you give them more platform. And as they get more platform, it benefits you and it benefits the company. That's the way, in theory, we want things to work. What realistically happens, though? Somebody is recruited by a headhunter from somebody else. Somebody, you know, that everybody knows comes in. And somebody that's paid a bunch of money is taking over a bunch of different jobs. Like, that's the way it usually works. Is that not what we're seeing here? Like, when you've got Jerry Jones, who's the ultimate, like, player's owner, right? He wants to sit back and make sure that everybody's happy and everybody has a good experience. Like, you've got Jerry Jones back there knowing they paid a ton of money to Zeke. He doesn't want to be wrong. And he also doesn't want to tick off somebody he genuinely cares about. Boy, it's super easy to look at that and say, well, we got to play Zeke. But what happens when Tony Pollard, the guy most people didn't know much about, is actually playing better? A fourth-round running back out of Memphis that, by the way, is part of the reason that Memphis football has built themselves into this sort of uh, lock and load of constantly reloading football program right now. They're good every year. They should have been in the Big 12 invite. You know, If you watch Tony Pollard in, in college and you watch Daryl Henderson in college, you're talking about two Memphis backs that absolutely crushed it. Now they get to the NFL, no surprise, they're crushing it. But it puts the Cowboys in a weird situation. You know that locker room looks around and knows who's running the ball better, but you also know that locker room knows who's going to get paid. You know the organization looks around and realizes who's better, but you also know the organization realizes who they paid. That's why at some point, it's my belief, no matter what company you run, no matter what team you run, no matter what franchise you're in charge of, it's my belief that you've got to accept that the minute you've spent money, that's money out the door. Everybody's in here. Everybody's in that same room. Now, no matter what you paid who, who's going to do the best job? That's a real question. You know, not not just who's going to be the, the most popular, no, not just who's going to be the funniest guy in the break room, not just who's going to be, you know, the guy that, that uh, comes out and gets all of the sports talk uh, heads talking about us. Who's going to do the best job? Because at the end of the day, the Cowboys got to make a quick decision about whether they care more about production at that position or whether they care more about the money that they've spent at that position. If it's more about the money, long-term, man, that's going to be an issue. If it's more about production, then Tony Pollard's going to get a bigger and bigger and bigger role. There's a reason why everybody has been absolutely hot on Pollard on fantasy drafts, right? I mean, there's just a reason we've seen that. The Good Morning Football guys for the, the uh, almost a year have been saying, watch out for Tony Pollard. Like, there's a reason that this is happening. The question is, will the Cowboys allow the meritocracy to take over? And will they allow the person that's not the biggest name, that's not paid the most money, but is in there doing the best job? Will they allow him the opportunity to take over? I think they need that for Dallas. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell me why it's going to be the best weekend ever for your team. Uh, Fred in Indiana, what you got, man? What's your team and what are you hyped about? Hey, I'm hyped about... This weekend, uh, yeah, everybody know what's going on with Carson Wentz. Easton gets the ball, man, come in, have a two-touchdown day, no interception. Uh, Taylor runs the ball for over 120 yards, and the Colts win by 10 in Tennessee. Ooh, I got, you got the Colts winning by 10 in Tennessee. I had a caller earlier tell me that the Titans were going to win by 17. I see two fan bases that see this game really differently. I love the call, though, Fred, and I will say, man – Good, a great googly moogly. 
if Jonathan Taylor goes off for more than 100 yards, I think a lot of us will be pleased because we had high hopes for Jonathan Taylor coming in. That also means this offensive line has played much better, and it means that they've run the football better. There's no one easy fix to what's wrong with the Colts. I would love to see Jacob Eason come in and do that, but the only way Jacob Eason is going to be successful in my mind is if if Jonathan Taylor goes off. I would love to see that happen. I'm not sure. I just don't I don't know what to expect from this Titans team. I'll be the first to admit if I had to pick games this weekend, I'm keeping that one off my list because the Titans have been absolutely Jekyll and Hyde. When you look back at last week's game, Jekyll and Hyde performance from one half to the other in my mind. Uh, Barry in LA, I know I, I was going off on the Steelers quarterback issue. I, you have a take on this. What's your thought, man? Yeah, thanks for bringing me on. I mean, it seemed like everything you were saying was everything that I've been preaching for the last three years. It's like, you know, why let Ben come back and hold this franchise hostage? You know, I've been a I've been a lifelong Steeler fan, and it just hurts me to see, you know, Ben out there, you know, not being mobile, making bad decisions, and just really not helping the team. And it's it's really a shame because this team has so much talent, and they deserve so much better, especially these young studs on offense and defense. It's like, as a franchise, why would you bring this guy back if you don't think he's going to take you to a Super Bowl or at least the AFC Championship game? And And to me, that's really what hurts the most. It's like we're just trying to appease him in some way, and I think Ben is just being selfish about the whole thing anyway. So that's my take on it. I appreciate the call, man. And and think about what we even heard earlier with the update injury update to Tua. As the organization said, they've got to help him. Uh, they've got to keep him from hurting himself, basically. Like, they got to stand in and say, no, you cannot play. Athletes never want someone else to decide when their time is up. And maybe Ben's time isn't up. Maybe he gets healthy, everything comes together, and it's fine. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with the organization sticking up for themselves in some process and saying, hey, I want the best for you, but we also got to look out for the best for us. And you got to do everything as an organization looking more than just this year. You got to win now, as Mike Tannenbaum always says, you got to win now and develop for later, right? Like that's got to be part of the philosophy. And Ryan Clark said this morning on Get Up that this is a championship caliber defense, right? A championship caliber defense for the Steelers. Man, it is not a championship caliber. It's not even a playoff caliber offense. And it, it's it's crazy to get there, especially with a really good coaching staff. Uh, talking about uh, some of the teams you're excited for. Brandon in Syracuse, who are you pumped for this weekend? Hey, man, I'm excited for the Raiders to go 3-0 and for the first time in a while. And I'm excited for Derek Carr to shut the haters up after all the years of people talking about him. MVP year. Vegas Raiders are back, baby. Oh, look, I, I don't disagree with anything he just said. I think the Raiders have a really winnable game now against Miami. And, uh, by the way, that's a really good defense for Miami. So let's see how uh, Derek Carr plays against it. I predicted before the year that he would be an MVP candidate. Uh, I just hope that all Raiders fans hold themselves accountable because it's not just the anti-Raiders people that have been anti-Derek Carr. Like, there have been a lot of Raiders fans that have had a lot to say about the limitations of Derek Carr. I find that to be uh, really interesting. Carl in Maryland, what team's going to have you pumped up over the weekend? Um, I'm hoping the Washington football team pulls off the upset. You see it happening? Doubtful, <laughs> but I'm hopeful. Oh man, that's that's amazing! Like uh, to to re- and, and Carl, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. The the Washington football team takes on the Buffalo Bills. A tough matchup, uh, frankly, because I believe so much in the Buffalo Bills offense. I know how bad it looked week one, uh, but I, I I believe so much in it that I think it's absolutely uh, incredible. So I I think it's a tough one too. But I love that I was like, give me your hope, give me your hope, and he was like, ah, I mean, that was a very Nuno like call. By the way, I always have hope with DraftKings. It's been a great start to the NFL season. Only getting better at DraftKings. Things. 
the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL DraftKings, putting new customers in the center of the action with the free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now. Simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with the free shot and millions of bucks in total prizes. DraftKings is safe secure and reliable and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want just download the DraftKings app now use code greeny this week new customers get a free shot at millions of bucks in total prizes enter code greeny to get a free shot that's greeny only at DraftKings the only uh, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com for details I, I think it's important when you look at the the grand scheme of things of what we're going to see over the course of the weekend the reason I wanted positivity from everybody is remember like like uh, Hasselback said earlier this uh, in this show this was a very long season this is a very long season we're only two games in nobody's been anointed and nobody's been defeated nobody's out of it nobody's in it if we can't enjoy this portion of the season if we can't enjoy the right now of being a football fan the hell's the point like you go through it every single Sunday I feel it I'm a fan just like you guys we go through it every single Sunday and if we can't enjoy the wins If we can't spin on Wednesday towards what's coming next, man, what's the point? Check out Spain and Fitz, by the way, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Shameless promotion. Thanks for hanging out with me. This has been Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.